Hi, my name is Orla Brady. I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. And I welcome you to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. Thank you for joining us. And this is episode 543 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we have Orla Brady joining us. Now, she was into, into the Bladlands, and she has a recurring role on Star Trek Picard. And also, she was in Fringe, an American uh, horror story, and so many other TV shows and movies. And she has a new movie out, and it's called Rose Plays Julie. And it's out right now, so you can watch it. And Oral is going to be joining us in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond, so get ready for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, let's see what's going on. I have started, uh, not started, but I've continued to put up more episodes, uh, past episodes of On Screen and Beyond. And uh, like I've said in the past, if you're new, I have over 540 episodes here. And uh, because we were changing the uh, the the way the podcast is put out, I am redoing all the episodes back up. So I had to take them down, putting them back up now. And it's going to take time. But uh, this time, we uh, popped up a couple from uh, the past. And uh, it's sort of like a little um, reunion or a couple people from the movie uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Now, Louise Fletcher, Oscar winner, joined us uh, quite a few years ago. And uh, she was uh, in uh, Nurse Ratchet in that film. And uh, one of the patients, Michael Behrman, who was also in The Hills Have Eyes, is in that episode, uh, or in another episode that we posted. So be sure to check those out, and you can go to onscreenandbeyond.com and find those, and they're right on the front page. And then uh, we're slowly fixing all the connections that we have so you can hear all the episodes as we put them up. And uh, if you have a suggestion for somebody you'd like to have uh, that we put back up quickly, I can do that. Just uh, send me an email at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. Try to get that up for you. And uh, what do you say? Let's get right into it. It's time for Remake Madness on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness Cruella, the live-action remake of 101 Dalmatians characters over at Disney, is getting a PG-13 rating. It's the first time one of their remakes has been getting a PG-13 rating, so we'll see uh, if that continues. And the Father of the Bride remake that we've told you about before in the past has a uh, star attached to it, finally. It looks like Andy Garcia will be the lead character in that one. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Luke Evans, and Keenan Michael Key have joined Tom Hanks in Robert Zemeckis' Disney live-action remake of Pinocchio. And that's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum will star in a romantic comedy adventure called The Lost City of D. And she plays a reclusive romance novelist on a book tour with her cover model. And after a kidnapping attempt, they get swept into a cutthroat jungle adventure. Uh, that 
sounds like something I've seen before, like uh, Jewel of the Nile, maybe. But uh, anyways, uh, and let's see what else here. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch will star in a film called War Magician. It's a World War II drama. And also Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie will star in Babylon. It's an R-rated drama set in Hollywood as it moves from silent films to talkies. You can look for that in the Christmas of 2022. That's it for upcoming new movies. Next on Onscreen to be on, taking you down to Sequel City. Find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. <laughs> Sequel City, well, it looks like Sonic Hedgehog 2 has begun production, and you can look for it in April of 2022. And Venom 2, called Venom, Let There Be Carnage, starring Tom Hardy, will move to September 17th. It was scheduled previously for June 25th. So they're still juggling things around. And Death on the Nile will also be opening on September 17th. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on screen and Beyond, TV on DVD. <laughs> TV on DVD, Ancient Aliens Season 13 lands on April 13th. Star Trek Lower Decks Season 1 flies onto DVD and Blu-ray on May 18th. And Supernatural, the complete 15th and final season... Hits Blu-ray and DVD on May 25th. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, Movies on DVD. <laughs> movies on DVD. Well, it looks like Our Friend, starring Jason Siegel, Dakota Fanning, and Casey Affleck, arrives on digital on March 23rd and on DVD on March 30th. Snatch from director Guy Ritchie. And an all-star cast with Jason Statham and Benicio Del Toro and Brad Pitt. Uh, that hits 4K Ultra HD on June 1st. And May 11th, you can look for The Marksman with Liam Neeson as it uh, shoots on to DVD. And that's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, well, it looks like Disneyland is now planning to reopen on April 30th. Masks and social distancing will still be required. And Resident Alien has been renewed for a second season on the Sci-Fi Channel. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we have Orla Brady joining us from Into the Badlands, Star Trek Picard, Fringe, and American Horror Story, whole lots of other things. She has a new movie out, Rose Plays Julie. It is Orla Brady next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond is an international actress who was one of the stars of AMC's Into the Badlands. She has a recurring role in Star Trek Picard. She was on Fringe, American Horror Story, Mistresses, Shark, and so many other movies and TV shows. Her new film, which is out now, is Rose Plays Julie. It's Orla Brady. Orla, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you very much. It's very good to be here. Now, Orla, um, I want to talk about Rose Plays Julie, and uh, but before before we even get to that, I, I just have to say I watched the movie, and all I can say is 
without giving anything away is wow. I hope that's a good wow, not, yes. not a bad wow. <laughs> no, yeah. it, it, it was, I, you know, I mean, nowadays, so many films are uh, explosions and superheroes in tights and, and everything. It was good to see a movie that was a thoughtful movie, a movie you think about, but the twists and the turns in it were I don't know. It just, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it didn't go where I thought it was going to go. <laughs> I, I, I had the same experience reading the script. It, it, um, it, it is a, a thoughtful piece. Some filmmakers who are known for that, you know, who have their uh, former films and uh, pieces have been, have been frequently meditations on identity, which is, you know, a theme that this obviously begins with, is very central to, is, you know, this young girl who's been adopted and uh, wondering who she is, if you like, and goes in search of, of an identity she feels that maybe is more true than her own. You know, it's, it's, it's a very common theme for many of us, both, you know, when we're young, but also, I think, frequently in the middle of life, where you wonder if, um, if there was another life you might have had, or if you have truly lived as you, as, as you, as you could have lived. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because when I initially saw the movie, uh, uh, the description of the movie, um, you know, of course, my my mind went it was going to be like this. You know, the movie would be about this, <laughs> yeah. and it didn't turn out to be about that. <laughs> um, well, it, it it it's not that there are many films on the subject of uh, of male violence against women. There seems to be a kind of clutch of films at the moment that are out there. And they are very centrally about that issue, whereas this is is something that that comes to light as one of the themes in this film. But there there are more layers than that. Oh yeah, uh, there's more. You know, it's it, it's it's one of the central issues, but only one of them. Right. Yeah. yeah. So is is this what drew you to the to the picture? That it's a little bit different. Uh, I I I always say this is an answer because it's the truest thing I remember feeling this very greatly is that when I read when I was sent the script and I sat down to read it and you know one reads things all the time in my job and you, you know you read a lot of dreadful stuff and you read um a lot of perfectly fine procedure and occasionally you read something very very good this went even beyond this it felt very true they are um these filmmakers are you know, thoughtful artists. They have spent years developing this. Um, they uh, would leave their flat in London and go for walks down this canal, which eventually ended up um, at the Thames. And they would walk and talk through the characters and their journeys. And they did this for years. Um, you can see, you, you could see, I could feel the truth of, of the characters when I read it. I, I, I recognized the people in it. I recognized in seemingly random little bits of conversation, but uh, a truth or reality, rather than uh, a filmic or televisual kind of narrative thrust where you're just uh, given dialogue that moves everything along. They're, they're very good writers, essentially. That was the very first thing. Yes. Um, I then saw their work, and their work is stunning. It's, it's, it's beautiful. And um, I, I met them then, and when you meet them, you just adore them and want to work for them. I mean, I would have anyway on the basis of 
script mm, because yeah. it was excellent. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I also have now grown hugely fond of them because they're very good people. And surprisingly good fun, given that the subject matter yeah, yes. is, uh, is, is, it tends to be very serious. But they're actually great crack when you meet them. So hmm. there you go. Go figure. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So... It, it, does this, I mean, like you said, you, you probably get hundreds, I don't know, of, of scripts that people are trying to get you to do. It, it must be difficult for you to try to weed out what's good, what's bad, or not necessarily good and bad, but you know what I mean. Uh, you know, things that you prefer to do, uh, that must be difficult to do. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd love to pretend I get hundreds. I, I rather like that flattering <laughs> idea. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it in the hundreds there, Brian. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, yeah, yeah, you get scripts that people are trying to... I, I mean, uh, most actors do get scripts that are people are trying to sort of, uh, you know, persuade you of. Um, you look, you know straight away. You just, you do know straight away. Uh, there have only been a few times in my life, this being one, when I read something that I thought I have to just do everything I can to do this. This is, um, I believe I can tell the story really well. I believe I can help uh, the filmmakers make this film because I understand this character and what's happened to her. I, I really deeply believe that and I'm going to just pull out all the stops to try and, you know, make them aware of that. And, you you know, you're still in a, in a passive position but you don't know if you ultimately are their concept of, of how this character, you know, will be. So you just lay out your stall and you hope that you both align in terms of your vision. Um, but you know straight away. Um, and there are some jobs you do, some roles that you take, you know, something procedural or whatever, and that you think, okay, this isn't my dream when I was a girl that I would do this, but you, but it's good and it's, work and we all have to pay the rent right yeah. you know so yeah. not every single job is uh chosen on the basis of it being a piece of art of course not mm. i wish it would be lovely but it's not yeah. the way life goes yeah yeah well you know i mean like you say it, it you, you are doing a job and in order to pay the bills you have to <laughs> have to take yes, jobs <laughs> you are you are you are and and i, I think I, my feeling, and listen, I would love to be in a position, um, and, and there are probably, gosh, 50 people in the world who, who have that choice, who right. would truly be offered all the amazing stuff for stuff. I mean, really, really big stars. Um, and then, you know, in, in the, and then there's another layer of actors, and we work, we constantly work, but you wouldn't have every, you, could, you wouldn't have a look at every script that's going out there, because that's just not how it goes down. Um, gosh, I'm getting totally lost in this now. I've completely, <laughs> forgotten, <laughs> completely forgotten the point I was trying to make. Um, I guess I'm saying that uh, in my world, I think that if, if every so often, if every year or two, um, I can do something that I think, yes, this is what I really really hoped to be doing with my work, with my life, then that's enough. That, that's okay. It can't be every single job. I would love if it were. Um, maybe it will be from now on. What yeah. do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Had you ever worked with any of the other actors who were in, in uh, the, the film? No, I hadn't. No. I knew of Anne Skelly because she's, I mean, she's very well known to us in our part of the world because she has broken out in a way that is rather wonderful and is now 
uh, on your screens, indeed, in the Nevers, and uh, yes. she is extremely talented. She really is. She carries this film beautifully, and she can go many different directions. This is a rather, you know, meditative uh, performance on a subject that's serious, but she also can be very funny. She has a kind of levity, a lightness of touch that is evident. So um, she's never boring to watch. So you, anyway, I'm, I'm convinced you you will all be very aware of her if you're not already. Um, Aidan Gillen, of course. I didn't know him. I knew of him, of course, having seen him over many years do fantastic work. And um, actually, uh, we the filmmakers asked Aidan and myself in advance, would we be willing to not meet until we did that scene? Because it's the one scene we had to do together. Yeah. Um, and we both agreed and thought, yeah, let's see if it gives us something. It might not, but let's just see. So they, you know, kept our costume things separate and, you know, there was kind of machinations to keep us apart during oh, the meetup. Yeah. And so the first time I met him, I mean, we're a small country. We know of each other, but I'd never met him and talked to him. So the first time I met him uh, was on camera. I mean, you see it in the car is that she gets into the car yes. and he's sitting there. And I, so... You know, Ellen meets meets him, meets his character. So it, that was quite heartbeaty <laughs> at the time. Well, that's interesting that you, you hadn't met until that point. That's uh, mm. that adds a little bit of uh, mysterious, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, uh, where was the film uh, filmed? It was filmed in Dublin. In Dublin, um, in Dublin, yeah, yeah. and uh, which is which is mainly where it's set, and then there's a little bit where we go to London, where Ellen lives, because um, it, but it was shot in Dublin, you know, yeah. uh, obviously yeah. the two countries. So that's where you were born, in, correct? I'm I'm a Dublin girl, yes, yes. I am, <laughs> born and bred, yeah. Oh, uh, so for me, it was a homecoming. It's lovely. Hmm. So how long a shoot was it? It wasn't long. I mean, these these independent uh, films, you have to get them done smart because there isn't a budget for tons of shooting mm -hmm. so we were done i think it was under a month i think mm -hmm. yeah uh, i think it was yeah i think it was three weeks M maybe a little more i'm very vague about production schedules but it was quick like we had to given the nature of the scenes it would have been you know glorious to have more time to do a scene a day or right. two scenes a day but you really have to kind of move along at uh, quite a pace because that that's the available budget but you know um we did it we were a very quiet concentrated set actually Anne and Aidan I discovered to my delight uh, work in a very similar way to how I do which is that we don't chat away during scenes we very much go into it and stay in a in a quiet zone with what's happening and and then afterwards you know you have good fun you know you go and have lunch and you all have a laugh but d during the scenes we don't kind of do other things during you know when there's a break mm -hmm. we would just sit there quietly and stay with us yeah so you're, um, you're trying to lovely stay when you you're mm. trying to stay in character well it's not not strictly in character as in speaking as a character just trying to stay in a zone with the 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 kind of you know yeah close to the characters if you like mm -hmm. so that you can slip back in easily rather than hopping out you know taking a phone call and then going back it it seemed to it seemed to suit uh this piece more to just stay with us and i mean i like doing that anyway but some 
it doesn't matter so much, obviously, at all, if you're doing something light and breezy or something where you're jumping in and out of a car and chasing a robber. Then it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but for this, it, it, it mattered. How, how do you, th- thinking about that, uh, how do you stay in character for a Romulan when you're on Picard? <laughs> ah, now. <laughs> oh, that would be a trade secret, Brian. I, I don't think I can tell you that. <laughs> um, I, t- to be honest with you, on that job, which I really loved, I mean, it surprised me how much I loved it. Um, that was very much because all my scenes pretty much were with Patrick. Uh, I, something surprised me at the beginning, which, uh, I, which I didn't really know or it wasn't necessarily apparent in the script. But I, I just, it was so easy to, 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 to love Picard, the character, that that was, you know, as long as I was there, as long as he was around, that was, was very easy to stay with that. So that was that zone mm. I'm talking about. It's not yep. so much staying in character and you ask everyone to address you in character name. I've never done that. Um, but it's just to stay close to or in the, in the orbit of what's happening in a scene, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, and not jump too far away from it. And I could do that being around... Patrick and indeed Jamie McShane, who played Javan, both fab actors. So yeah. it was it was nice. It was easy to do. But I just I loved Lara so much. I just grew very fond of her. I really one of my that was one of my favorite jobs. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. When I see P- uh, Patrick, uh, it's it's like. Uh... You can't figure him out <laughs> because I've seen him in the role of being the stern, uh, you know, uh, authoritative person. And then you see him in other roles. He's this goofy, crazy, funny guy. And, and, and you, you never know where he's going to be. So it's like, what is he really like? You know? <laughs> well, he's, he's got that all in him. I mean, the, the, yes, and it is rare, actually, because there are many, many. Well, there aren't many. There are, there are some very good dramatic actors and there are some hilariously funny Actors, both of those things being, you know, rare enough, difficult enough. But to be able to do both, to be able to slip between both is very, very unusual. And he can. Uh, I mean, he's just legendarily lovely to work with. He really is. Because when people are good, I think that's the case. There's no nonsense. There's no need for nonsense. We just kind of go to work and... uh, we work, and that's it, and it's and have a bit of a chat in between. It's, it's lovely. It's really nice. really lovely set. So, yeah. Since we started talking about Star Trek Picard, uh, how did you get that job? Were, were you, uh, you know, trying out for it, or did they approach you, or how did that work? No, I was sent, um, you know how these shows send you some different character altogether and ask you to put something on tape, and I did, and um, I didn't think it was very good, and... I remember I was in a dreadful mood that day, and I was I was just thinking, oh, this is awful, this is dreadful, dreadful. And I had um, a friend in who was staying with me, um, it was obviously pre-COVID, and uh, so I went in at one point and just said to her, look, would you just look at something, and it, it's really be harsh and be honest, I, I think this is terrible, I don't think I should send it. I think, you know, I'll never work again kind of thing with this casting director. <laughs> but just look at it and tell me. And anyway, she had to look at it. And, you know, she's not an effusive person. She's somebody who's in the business in a different sense. And she looked at it and she said, you know, I, I do think there's something there. I do think there's enough there for you to send and for them to see if they need to see if the quality is there. Just just send it. So she, she encouraged us. And uh, so I sent it. And um, 
Yeah, and I, I can't, there's some sort of, I don't even know what I was auditioning for in the first instance, but um, uh, quite a while later, they asked me to play Lara. That's right, Lara and Javan came up, and uh, I think they changed uh, the, the conception of the characters a little bit, because for a long time, my script said, Lara and Javan, 30s. <laughs> so I thought, fantastic, leave it there. You don't need to change a thing. Um, and so, so obviously they had cast a significant older with myself and Jamie uh, than the original characters. And um, off we went. It was just, yeah, it was just in the normal way. That was a very long-winded way of me saying it was just in the normal way I auditioned, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Working on both sides of the pond here, <laughs> you know, some of your shows are filmed here uh, in the U.S. and some are filmed over in England and Dublin and, and everywhere else. Uh, do you find that difficult, jumping across like that? God, no. It's, it's wonderful, to, um, especially when it's Ireland. It's wonderful because I, I miss it. I want it in my life. Mm. Um, but I live here and I'm a very proud citizen of this country especially now, <laughs> especially this year. Um, and so having having a job that affords me um, a bit of both in my life is, is amazing. Um, I mean, when you're younger, the travel to here, there, and everywhere, you know, the shoot in South Africa and Malta and wherever, that, that's very exciting when you're younger. I think as you get a bit older, it, it's, it's kind of harder to be away from home because... Mm. Even if you are somewhere amazing, you're still in a beige hotel room somewhere yeah. uh, going to work uh, without your close friends and family around you. So, you know, it can just be great and amazing and hardly much of a problem or at least a first world one. Um, but just I prefer to be closer. I prefer to see something of my family and friends. And when I go to Ireland to shoot, then, yeah, I get to see my original family, yeah. um, which is huge, yeah. wonderful. I'm sure you sure you were thrilled when you heard it was going to be done in in Dublin. I mean, you could get to go home. Yes, I mean. <laughs> yes of course, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, how does a girl from Dublin end up in the United States on American TV shows? Um, she kind of hoped to. <laughs> and maybe decided to. I, I don't know. You, you sort of decide to have a go with things, don't you? And I remember distinctly. I mean, it's not as simple as getting on a plane and coming over here because there were several to's and fro's. But I do remember at a certain point thinking, I have always wanted to try to uh, have a go at a, a career in, in America. I mean, my, actually, I wanted to go to New York. That's where I was trying to. Um, but a particular thing happened there one day and I, it, as a result I came to LA which I hadn't intended to and um, I guess I just thought it doesn't matter if I fail lots of people, lots of people told me I would fail um, at doing that because I was already gosh, nearly 40 late 30s, nearly 40 and they all said you know, listen, it's ridiculous, you're too old it's a very young business and it's not going to work over there. And I just thought, well, that's, pro- but, you know, that makes sense. And people are trying to kind of, uh, you know, make sure you're not hurt or save your feelings or whatever. So I understood what they were saying, but I tried. And I thought if it all goes pear-shaped and nothing works, then I can 
lie on my deathbed and think I had to go and that's fine. And I, I thought it really, I really want to try and it would really bother me if I lie on my deathbed and think, God, I wonder would I have been able to do anything if I'd gone? You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I did. So, so at a certain point, you know, I think I did several auditions and, oh, even nothing worked where I did a pilot or two. I can't actually remember the sequence now because it's a while ago. Um, but significantly, the thing that changed everything is I was in back in London where I lived and I got an actual offer. Um, Paul Haggis was doing a show called Family Law and they were going into second season and he just offered me a part. Mm. So that was it. So I just thought, fantastic. It was an on-air thing and I, I just, you know, came over to do that. And, and from there, it's, you know, I never really went back. This became my home. So there yeah. we are. Well, you know, and, and, I, I, and I apologize for this because I, the, my listeners in the United States are, are, are interested in hearing about how you came over, over to here. But you're, you, our listeners in, in England are, are probably saying, you know, well, what are you talking about? Because Orla has been a star here in, in you know, Great Britain for a long time. So, you know, because you've been in a lot of shows. <laughs> well, she hasn't been a star. I mean, to, to, to kind of uh, thank you, but to correct you a little bit on that. No, it's, I'd be a working actor. Um, well, you're recognizable. Um, I did stuff, yeah. No, yes, of absolutely, course. I did stuff. Now, I haven't for a while in England. Um, yeah. It's been here and uh, in Ireland, mainly. But, uh, so not really anything in the UK for, gosh, I don't know, about five years or something like that. Yeah. I did collateral, a little thing in collateral was the last thing I did. But yeah, no, I worked there and I loved it and it very much gave me a break and it very much was the place that I went to um to be away from what was at the time a very repressive, small Catholic country with a very small acting scene. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to um, spend my life trying to, oh, I suppose, be in with the few. I was in, you know, I was in theatre then. And uh, there, were, there were only a few places you could go. And you had to, it had to work for you there. It wouldn't work at all. And I, I just didn't love that. And I didn't love Ireland as a country, I, did, I think, think it was a very bad place to be a woman, and I'm right about that. It was not a good place to be a woman, and so I went to London because London was a very big international city, which it remains, and um, there was there was anonymity there, and I loved the anonymity, and I loved the fact that it opened up, life opened up. You could you could purchase, you know, you could go up for plays, you could go up for film and TV, you, and you just had to go and do the work. It wasn't about knowing people or prior reputation, which, you know, this can be the case in a smaller country. At least it was the case yeah. then. It's, it, Ireland is very different now, I, I stress this. We are a very progressive country, and it's a very good place to be a young woman now, but it, it wasn't in, in my time. Yeah, so. yeah. So uh, it's, um, it, it's so interesting listening to what you're, you're, you're talking about here. Uh, uh, who were your people, uh, the people that you looked up to, as far as actors, that, that got you to want to be an actor or an actress? Oh, goodness. Um, God, I remember, it's not so much a single person, but I remember um, when I was a teenager, we lived close to two theatres. Uh, we lived in, my family lived in the centre of Dublin, which was a very unusual place to live at the time, uh, because the city had become unfashionable as a place to live. It was only offices. In other words, it emptied out at five o'clock every evening and at weekends. Yeah. It was just 
empty. I mean, there were some families, but not many. A lot of seagulls and us in a big old kind of, you know, house near Dublin Castle. And um, there was uh, a, a rather old Victorian theatre called the Olympia a couple of doors down from me. And there was a rather wonderful uh, project art centre, it was called, uh, round the corner. And I used to go and spend time in both those places in the wings looking at, I mean, very random shows. They could be, you know, song and dance shows or experimental pieces you know um it, it, it wasn't that i saw a particular actor at the time or even a female actor doing anything it's that i very very much loved the silence and the storytelling and the suspension of disbelief and the fact that you could make an agreement with an audience that we're, we're, we're all going to just tell the story and and focus on it for a while it, it there would just seem to be something very magical and very holy about that yeah. so that's really where it came from yeah. well Orla I, I want to finish up with one final question but um, I, I do want to encourage people to check out Rose Plays Julie it's available on virtual cinema VOD, digital uh, so it's something that anybody can get anywhere they are and uh, they, I think they'll enjoy it very much so, yes, yes. But, I think so too, I hope so yeah yeah, yeah. and um going to finish up with this final question that uh, takes us away from all your acting that you've done but when you sit back and relax what are your favorite tv shows now and of the past and what are your favorite movies now and of the past uh so the uh, tv um i would say the pick of it there is a series called the pick of it uh, which is uh, amanda yanucci and it's fabulous, and it's uh, politicians being politicians, which is to say, <laughs> behaving awfully, and it's so accurate. At least I, I assume it's hugely accurate. Right, I mean, yeah. they're dreadful, and uh, you know, and they have to do dreadful things, and that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's real politics. That's wonderful. Um, I loved Baskets. Do you remember Baskets a few years ago? Mm-hmm, yeah, Jack Galifianakis. Yes, trying yes. to be a, a, a clown. It's just tragic and wonderful, and oh. It's amazing. Um, that would be TV things that come to mind. Um, movies. God, I mean, it, it goes far and wide, doesn't it? I remember being utterly turned inside out by Central Station, the Walter Salas film. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that, that, that the character, the, the, um, the central woman in it. Like Sotsi from South Africa, the central character in both those films is absolutely objectionable, really obnoxious at the beginning of the of the films. I mean, really, not, not merely not that likable in that grumpy, lovable way, but really uh, deeply unpleasant and dishonest people, and that you still go on a journey with them and that your heart breaks for them. I just really adored that film um, and the central performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, one film... Oh, God, there are so many, aren't there? I mean, Midnight Cowboy. There are so many. Midnight Cowboy is just... I, I couldn't speak afterwards. Um, it's so stunning. Uh, but, you know, we could talk all day, couldn't we? Because, um, you know, film, it, it, it shows you a world you couldn't possibly have understood or empathized with before. It brings you to places where oh, it's, it's, it's important. That's all I'll say. It's important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it, 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 it takes us inside characters that from the outside we might... Oh, you know, we might have a 
all sorts of dreadful tendencies, judgments, bits of, you know, undetected racism in it, whatever, you know, all sorts of judginess around people and their motivations. And when you go on a journey with somebody and see inside the soul of it, if, if a film is good enough to show you and an actor is good enough to show you, it, it's, it, it's everything. Mm-hmm. Well, Orla, it's been such a pleasure to have you with us, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, and everybody should be checking out Rose Plays Julie. Yes, I hope so. Thank you very much. It was lovely to talk to you, Brian. Really lovely. And I cannot thank Orla Brady enough for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. And uh, be sure to check her out on Rose Plays Julie, and uh, that's available now. And that's uh, just something you want to check out. So, that's it. Uh, we have uh, things going on as usual here at On Screen and Beyond. If you'd like to contact us, you can send me an email at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. Or, if uh, you are on, uh, you know, one of the podcast places like Apple or whatever, if you would like to re- leave a review, especially on Apple, that's where we've been for you know since 2007. Uh, but on any of the other ones we're on now, that uh, we've changed things. And uh, if you want to leave a review there, a nice five star review, and you know a little something saying if you like it or whatever, if any particular episode that you enjoyed or something like that, that would be appreciated. And I uh, will continue to put up all the episodes that we've had in the past for you to listen to. A lot of great guests coming your way. And uh, I'll, I'll put them up in little blocks. I've been doing that lately with the, that, uh, you know, like uh, this one we just put up with the one flew over the cuckoo nest guests, you know, the, those people. And we have had a lot of lot of groups. As I looked over the interview, interviews and things that we've had, uh, there's a lot like, you know, we have had a lot of Brady Bunch people. We've had uh, just a lot of different shows with a lot of guests from those shows. So we'll p- sort of put them up in blocks for you. And uh, that's it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.